You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. We're here with author Kimberly Ridley. She's the author of three uh, books for children, um, The Secret Pool, The Secret Bay, and Extreme Survivors. And she's here today to talk to us about vernal pools. Hi, Kim. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about The Secret Pool, which was, I believe, your first book? Sure. So The Secret Pool is um, a nonfiction picture book, and it's about one of my very favorite places on earth, a vernal pool. We're lucky here in Maine. We have these incredible little wetlands all around us. Um, So a vernal pool is a temporary shallow wetland in the woods that forms in spring. Vernal is for spring, like the vernal equinox. And what's really cool about these pools is they are full of life, all kinds of amazing creatures, and they help feed the forest. And I was inspired to write this book. I grew up in Maine and loved to wander around the woods behind my parents' house. And I found one of these pools in the woods one day, and it was filled with frog eggs. And I've been hooked ever since. How neat. So you mentioned you you discovered them in your backyard growing up. Um, where might people find one here in Maine or um, where might sure, yes, Maine. Yeah, there you can find them in Maine, actually all over New England. Now is a fantastic time to go looking for a vernal pool. Uh, you might have one in your backyard. Um, here where I live in Brooklyn, there are some great pools on the sides of the road um, and also in public preserves. So the best way find one is to go out on a walk and look for a pool in the woods or it might look like a shallow swamp and look in the water for amphibian eggs which look like blobs of jelly probably everybody has seen frog eggs and um, if you see eggs in one of these little pools little places you have yourself most likely a vernal pool Now, there are two kinds of amphibians that depend on vernal pools to lay their eggs. And I go out every day for a walk, and I was just looking at some great eggs today. Um, So the first kind of eggs you're going to find in our um, hatching soon that have already started are the eggs of wood frogs. So they look like um, rounded clumps of eggs, and they have kind of a bumpy, bubbly appearance. And the other kind of eggs that tell you you have a vernal pool are spotted salamander eggs. And these egg masses are about, uh, they can be as big as your, about the size of your hand. They're often um, oval shaped or shaped like a bean. And they're covered with um, a layer of clear jelly. They're very smooth looking. So now if um, when kids and families are out walking around, it's a fantastic time to go looking for these incredible pools. And there are also some other really cool creatures in them. Like what? What else might, might we find yeah. there? 
Yes. So another amazing animal that only actually only lives in vernal pools are fairy shrimp. They are related to shrimps that live in the ocean, but they're tiny. They're about the size of a paper clip. Um, they're bright orange and they swim upside down. And a couple of really cool things about fairy shrimp, they're about, they're over 400 million years old. So they're very ancient creatures. And one of the things I, I love about them is um, uh, they kind of, they, they're swimming upside down. They have 11 pairs of feet. Um, they actually breathe, their gills are on their feet. So they breathe through their feet. And that'd be like us having our noses, multiple noses on our toes. Um, they kind of look like they're smiling. They have these great um, kind of broad faces. And an amazing thing about fairy shrimp is even though they themselves only live for a few weeks, their eggs, which are about the size of poppy seeds, can survive for somewhere between 15 and 30 years. They actually have to dry up before they hatch. So their eggs are remarkable and last a long time. If you're lucky enough to find fairy shrimp in a vernal pool, that means that your pool is really special. It's what we call here in Maine a significant vernal pool and the land around it does have protections. Um, I have a, uh, there's a vernal pool near where I live um, in the next town over in Sedgwick that does have fairy shrimp. Actually, some kids discovered them um, on a school visit when um, Rebecca Ray and I were there a few years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, so I didn't see any yesterday, but the fairy shrimp should be, uh, you should be able to see them in a couple of weeks. Um, do you want to hear about one more really cool creature in a vernal pool? I really do. That, I didn't even know about fairy shrimp, and it, does, it sounds like it could be something that someone made up, but it's so interesting. I would love to hear about another one. Yeah, so another really um, neat creature that lives in vernal pools are the larvae, which are the juvenile forms of caddisflies. And what's so cool about the caddisfly larvae, they kind of, they look like um, pale grubs with, they have, I think, six legs. Their bodies are so soft, they have to protect themselves from larger insects um, and from other creatures that might visit a vernal pool to look for food. So what caddisfly larvae do is they take different materials on the bottom of a vernal pool and each kind of caddisfly larva uses different materials. Um, so they actually glue, some glue bits of plants and moss to their bodies to camouflage themselves. They build cases. Um, and when I was visiting Ver uh, Vernal Pool yesterday, we saw probably 20 or 30 caddisfly larvae. They almost looked like little um, cones on spruce trees. But then as we um, looked into the bottom of the pond, they started wiggling around. Um, and there are other, yeah, and there are other caddisfly larvae that um, live in streams and they use um, pebbles and grit. And they actually glue these materials to their bodies with a special silk that they make that's really strong and stays sticky in water. And they'll, caddisfly larvae will live underwater for months, sometimes up to a year or more. And when they're ready to undergo metamorphosis, they seal themselves inside their cases 
and grow into adults and then emerge out of the water. And adult caddisflies look like, like long, skinny, dark moths. But I just love that they build these incredible cases um, themselves. It's very um, kind of like uh, very arty insects, I would say. Wow, that is fascinating. And that we can find all of this life in, um, in our backyards, in a pool, and see all of these amazing creatures and, and what they're um, doing. Now, when you, you, you mentioned you were out yesterday looking at vernal pools. When you go out, I, I assume you might bring your notebook or a camera. Would you recommend that for kids and families who might be going out exploring? Yes, absolutely. I have, I was just going to mention, I have a, I make myself a, a little kit when I'm going to visit pools. One thing you don't want to do is step into the pool and disturb them or touch the creatures with your bare hands because they're very delicate. So I always bring um, either a shallow white dish basin or um, a white frisbee. Um, because the white, you can, you can actually see all the creatures that are in the leaf litter in the bottom of the pool. And I gently scoop up eggs or caddisfly larvae or fairy shrimp um, and with the frisbee and then uh, pour them into the basin so I can observe them. Um, I always bring a hand lens, so a magnifying glass or a little tool that's very inexpensive called the jeweler's loop so I can really study the creatures. Um, you can also bring a net. I have a very fine net that I use sometimes. And then I do bring a little journal just to jot down my observations, to make sketches. Um, so for instance, I, can, I still ha um, haven't figured out yet what kind of caddisfly larvae I saw yesterday. So I made some quick sketches to look them up. And I do bring my phone, um, which I use as a camera to take pictures. Because it kind of... Um, gives me, it's just a great memory and a great impression um, when I come back to write or when I come back, I want to really figure out like what kinds of creatures I'm seeing in the bottom of the pool. Because there, there can be so many kinds of insect larvae that um, you just don't know what's in there. There's always something new to discover. Um, and then when I'm done, I, um, I gently tip um, the bucket, my, my basin or my Frisbee, um, to the pool where I found the creatures. And I try not to spend more than maybe 15 or 20 minutes um, and try to be in the shade just to be really respectful of how delicate um, the creatures are. Well, that's amazing. And if our listeners go out to um, find vernal pools in their neighborhood or backyard, we'd love to hear uh, what you see and come up with. So please feel free to share your observations with us, either on our Facebook page or by email, info at islandreadersandwriters.org. Now, Kim, the Secret Bay um, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm looking at The Secret Bay right now. The Secret Pool was your first book, uh, followed by The Secret Bay and Extreme Survivors. Can you share with us your next project? Yes, I'm so excited and having such a great time. I'm finishing up The Secret Stream right now, which is about our smallest streams. They're called headwater streams. And the secret in The Secret Stream, 
Um, a healthy headwater stream, which is a trout stream, tells the story of its life from its beginnings in springs high up in the mountains all the way uh, to the end of its journey. I won't tell you exactly where the end is, um, so it'll be a surprise. But one of the things I learned about streams like vernal pools is they turn fallen leaves and water into new life through the magic of food chains and food webs. And there are some really cool creatures in the secret stream, including caddisfly larvae. I have to say I'm quite in love with caddisfly larvae at the moment. It sounds like you are. That sounds really interesting. And Kim, um, we have been lucky enough to have Kim come with us to school visits uh, for the past almost five years since 2015. And we've had Kim do programs with all three of her books. And we can't wait to learn about The Secret Stream as well. For more about Kimberly Ridley and her books, visit www.kimberlyridley.org and are on our website, islandreadersandwriters.org. We have activity sheets that pair with each of Kim's three books, and those involve uh, many offline activities that you can do um, while you're looking at the book or not. You, if, you're, if you don't have the book at home and you're not able to get it at the library at this time, there's many things you can do, um, at, just like Kim mentioned today, exploring vernal pools in your neighborhood. Well, Kim, I really appreciate you being with us today, and I hope our listeners uh, go exploring and see what's out there. It's fascinating that all of that can be happening in just one tiny little area with all those tiny creatures. Yes, I hope everybody, as I like to say, go outside and get your feet wet. We have such an amazing world right outside our doorstep. And what a treat, Taylor, to talk with you about this and to work with island readers and writers and um, children in schools uh, around um, Down East Maine. It's such a gift. Thank you for listening to Forward, a podcast of Island Readers and Writers. Join us next time for a conversation with Newbery Honor-winning author Lauren Wolk about writing and her newest middle grade novel, Echo Mountain.